Hello, this is uh, Tato Geo, the podcast for geography and GIS lovers, brought to you from the Department of Geography of the University of Tartu. I'm Alex, and uh, today we have the pleasure to interview Professor T. Tamaru from the Chair of Human Geography and Regional Planning. Hi, Teet. Hello. Um, maybe uh, say a few um, sentences about yourself and then your position. I'm Ti Tamaru and I'm the Chair of uh, Human Geography at the University of Tartu. And my own title is a Professor of Urban and Population Geography, oh, right. which means that I'm interested in people and about the cities and, and how people live their lives in the cities. Um, how long have you been um, with, the, with the Chair of Human Geography here? It's quite long. I, I've uh, lived all my career or pursued all my career here in Tartu, so I've studied here. So I entered uh, this building where we are right now, I think in the year 1990. But it doesn't mean that I have uh, stayed here all the time. I've been for short a period of time in, in different countries as well, in, in Finland, Sweden, US and Netherlands, and, and currently as well. I'm also a visiting professor at Delft University of Technology. But my main base, yes, for already decades, <laughs> has been here at one time with uh, 40, uh, 46. 46 yeah. Wow, that's super interesting. Okay, let's learn a little bit more about your personal interests. Um, so you said human geography, obviously. Um, we would like to structure this question sort of um, maybe first your, your research interests, um, then your, your particular teaching preferences or in, in, in that field and maybe also applied projects or problem solving. Let's start with um, your research interests. When it comes to my research, I am very much interested about uh, two main things. Uh, one thing is related to, to people moving around, so all sorts of mobility and especially more permanent types of moves, moves between different countries, also within the country and within the cities. So the moving of, of people and uh, I studied a lot as related to the topic of inequality. And uh, we see that the global trend already since 1980s has been a, a growth of inequality between people, uh, between regions, uh, within the country, between neighborhoods, within the city. So my interest very much lies on this intersection between people moving around, people with different characteristics in terms of uh, ethnicity, age, um, income, uh, and then the inequality between them. Okay, cool. Um, teaching. What? What are you? Do you have special teaching subjects? Uh, here in Tartu, the teaching and, and research are very closely related to each other. So my my courses also are tightly related to, to people and, and cities and moving. So I'm uh, teaching a, a demography course for bachelor, bachelor students. And for master students, our main course is about uh, demog demography in the cities. So again, we start with the topics of migration, discussing about global migration pact that was just discussed also in the United Nations and how global migration flows should be regulated somehow or managed and then coming to the issues of inequalities and segregation. And uh, usually these spatial inequalities, I mean space is of course here in the geography department the, the key term as well. <laughs> uh, so when we talk about the spatial dimension, very often uh, people talk and, and, and study where people live. 
But what we try to do here is to understand it in a more complex way. Of course, where people live is, is a kind of starting point. Uh, every person usually starts its day from home and ends the day at home. But then they do all sorts of other things. They study or, or go to work or, or go to pub or gym. So we uh, try to understand the kind of whole activity space of, of right. people and then where do they spend their time and uh, how it's structured and how it then differs also between different population groups. And uh, that's all we, we also teach in our, our courses. Mm -hmm. And on top of these uh, issues, what's especially interesting is also the kind of intergenerational inequalities. Because uh, as inequality levels overall have changed, also the, the way how, how children depend on the fortunes of the parents mm -hmm. has also changed. Uh, and that as it has become stronger. So that's also what we are very much interested in. For example, the place where a parent lives shapes also the kind of school choice for the, for the kids and the school catchment areas are, are, are related to the homes of, of the parents. So we, we try to understand this complexity of uh, spatial uh, mobility and, and, and what different population groups based on ethnicity, age, uh, income they do in the city. Okay, wow. All right. Um, uh, well, in a way, you sort of also explained uh, sort of what pro problems you, you aim to solve, like or are there applied projects currently um, and then sort of to what end you sort of do these studies? Yes, we have lots of research um, projects that are very applied and, and it's good that all Estonian ministries right now have scientific advisors. So there's a, a bigger demand also for evidence-based uh, research and for policy making. So right now, for example, we are, uh, I'm personally running one big project with a big team of people from three university, university, universities of Estonia uh, for six ministries that uh, deal exactly with, with uh, new immigration to Estonia uh, and more specifically the effects of this migration to the labor market, but also to schools mm -hmm. and how we should uh, kind of design redesign school programs if we see that the diversity oh, uh, of the pupils in the in the classrooms increases yeah. all with their different backgrounds also from conflicting backgrounds yeah. uh, people arriving maybe from countries that are in, in, in war with each other so it all needs also rethinking how we, we teach uh, students at, at, at classrooms so these are very interesting kind of applied uh, topics that uh, stem from our research. Oh wow, okay. That, that, I mean, I think everybody can pretty much relate relate to that, um, either from their own countries, because we have also, you know, international students, but also, of course, within Estonia. Um, we would be interested, really, so how, how was your journey, let's say, um, of course, you're already really long in the field, as you already explained, um, but how did you how did you get there? Like, how, what was the spark, or how were, were the initial stages to really get you on the track that you've been now so successful on? Yeah. So my kind of founding period was also very interesting because uh, I came to university in 1990 and, and as you know, in 1991 Estonia became re-independent. Yeah. So it was a 1990s was a huge decade of social transformations and uh, also universities tied themselves uh, away from the kind of past and then established all these new connections to to best universities uh, across the globe and uh, I had the opportunity to uh, study together with uh, Swedish colleagues my PhD supervisor was for, from Sweden Stockholm Stockholm School of Economics 
and Orian uh, Söberg, and he really influenced a lot uh, uh, my my kind of choices and 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 uh, how I developed and and uh, because of him I was very smoothly integrated so to say into the kind of uh, good research networks in, in in Europe in the in the beginning so that was very important in the 1990s and uh, yeah with with time I've been in different universities as I said in in, in Sweden in Finland in US I was in in Utah where uh, one very uh, famous urban geographer, Professor Thomas Contoli, was was working. So I had a, an opportunity to work uh, a year with with him, and and that was really, really important uh, effect on me. And maybe in the last five to ten years, I've been very much connected to the Delft University of Technology, where, where I have a good colleague. And from this cooperation, also my interest towards comparative studies has has increased. Very often we, we dig into data, and it's more like a country-specific data. Especially I'm like a social scientist, more human geographer from my background. But I, now this cooperation has has really uh, brought my interest towards comparative studies. And and right now we are just finalizing for Springer uh, a segregation book. Uh, uh, with 26 cities across the globe, uh, from Africa, Asia, all different continents. Um, so this cooperation with, with Delft has been really stimulating me too. Cool. That is, uh, can, uh, maybe it's a personal question, we can also you know, cut it out later. <laughs> um, um, in, in the 90s, uh, sort of what, what age range were you in, let's say, in your founding period? What, what age period would you, would you say for yourself? Uh, it was basically my 20s. The 20s, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, did you, where did you do your, f the, the, your initial degrees? All my degrees are from, from Tartu, oh but oh. I've at all, all levels I've been also studying uh, periods uh, outside. Uh, my PhD, for example, uh, I partly was in, in Helsinki, mm -hmm. and after PhD, I, I went to Utah. All right. Wow. Okay. Okay. So now we would um, sort of go from you know the past, you know, into the present to the future. So, what is your your how do you how would you explain or describe the future outlook in in your field in human geography? Um, yeah. What's 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 your outlook sort of? Where does it all go? It's a very interesting question. Uh, I'm also, I think I forgot to say that I also teach the introductory course on human geography for the bachelor students. And, and uh, often I have to use a plural there. It's, it's about human geographies rather than human geography. Oh. Because uh, it, it tends to be very different how it's all also conceptualized and taught in different universities. There's one stand is which is more like critical and, and more qualitative, trying mm. to understand how space is pr produced and reproduced. A very, very qualitative approach. Uh, then there's a more like a demography based, uh, population based approach. And increasingly, there is also like a GIS based uh, kind of branch within the human geography. So in different universities, the emphasis is a bit different. And when I look at the uh, University of Tartu here, our main fields uh, relate a bit to all three. So we try to keep some kind of diversity here. Okay. Mm, so we want to understand, and I think it's also in the future critically important that how space, first of all, is 
produced and reproduced, mm -hmm. uh, how we, we, we plan the cities, how opportunities are, are emerging in the cities, where we put our homes and, and, for example, if we design a new library for the city, do we place it right in the city center that is easily accessible, or do we uh, locate it to the most deprived neighborhoods to kind of uh, turn the fortune of the area? So the way we produce and reproduce space, I think that's, that's very important, and we try to deal with these issues. Uh, but the other two uh, kind of directions are very important as well, and I think the GIS-based uh, direction is, of course, very important. Technology has come, and, uh, and it will shape all disciplines for the decades to come, and for sure human geography has to, has to kind of adapt to this, but um, maybe not uh, only in a way that we, 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 we only go very technical, but trying to kind of find this balance that, that first still define our core like research areas mm. that relate to the big challenges that we have in the society. For example, growing inequalities, the fact that people move around, there are lots of problems related to migrant integration issues, whatever. Uh, but really with more advanced data sets, uh, we and it relates both to traditional data sets, like registered censuses. Right. We are able to link now people to have longitudinal studies where we can follow different careers of people, where they live, over their whole life, uh, where they work, where they study, uh, but also using all sorts of novel data sets like mobile phone data is very important, uh, like a direction here. We have a mobility lab where we track where people, people uh, move around in the city. Everyone has a, a phone today in the pocket, so it leaves a, a footprint into the city in space and time, so we try to understand this. And also we try to experiment with, with smartphones, uh, asking permission people to follow them yeah. a day or a year or whatever yeah. and then uh, this kind of mobility studies because of new technologies have become much more uh, interesting and complex as well and um, I think this technology impact is, is very important that is that is that is I think that's really really nice summary and I'm really happy that how you you know, covered um, the different the different uh, dimensions of of your work, which is, I think is really interesting. Um, to the second part of this, um, where where do you see your own future? What what do you think? I don't know. In the next five ten years, what are you going to do? Um, I think it goes to two directions at the same time. I think on the one hand, in the research and and, and dealing with topics, we go like in a more detailed and detailed level. We try to kind of dig deep, deeper and deeper using more complex data, more sophisticated methods. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, the other kind of direction I want to move is, is these comparative studies. Uh -huh. And comparative studies are always a bit more like a bird eye, uh, bird view level mm -hmm. studies, because the more countries you have, the more um, like aggregate the view be becomes because Usually, people don't have exactly comparable data, so you have yeah. to make uh, compromises a bit. Uh, so the data sets lose a bit uh, their complexity. But on the other hand, you, you get this bird eye view on, on what's going on. And very often, when you dig deep, you don't really understand okay, how Estonia or process they compare to other places, and you mm -hmm. maybe have some hi hypothesis. But when you compare different cities and different countries, 
you very easily understand that, okay, this hypothesis can't be supported because, I mean, we have a similar country, but the outcome is completely different. Mm -hmm. For example, if we compare Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania that have went through the same kind of social transformations and then we see that some processes in the cities are different. So probably, I mean, we, there is more common maybe or, or something different that explains it. So this comparative dimension is, is, is very, very, very important as well. And uh, that's something I want to deal with uh, in the coming decades as well. Oh wow! Th this this is like um, you know spoken like a true geographer, looking into the detail, but also you know at the, the larger picture to see you know what is different and similar in the different areas. Cool. And maybe when it comes also to the topics, I I, I mentioned that the the technology changes a shape. Mm -hmm. but but I think uh, uh, whatever the discipline is, I, I think all the issues uh, related to climate and, and the climate change are important. It drives migration flows. Mm -hmm. uh, it drives the, also the way we, we like build our cities because we know that the cities are built mainly on the coastline. Mm -hmm. uh, people are moving to the coastline, but uh, on the other hand, sea levels are rising. So I think that's an extremely interesting topic for the future as well, how this kind of big global trends that people move to the city uh, and cities move to the seashore and then sea levels start to rise because of climate change. How, how, how we adapt with all these tensions and this yeah. kind of uh, meeting. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, human activity moves more and more uh, to the aquatorium. To, to where? Aquatorium, to, to, oh, to the really? water. Oh, yeah, okay. I think you, 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 you start to think out ways uh, there are... I mean, the Dubai island, the uh, Dubai Afri artificial island is, mm -hmm. is the... <laughs> uh, Dubai artificial island is, is the best example oh, how, yeah, how it evolves. Yeah. And uh, now we build windmills uh, to see, and I think human activity moves more and more from land to the sea, and and, yeah. uh, and I think that's a very interesting thing. It also needs and calls for uh, integrated studies where we have uh, social science knowledge that is represented by human geography chair here in Tartu, but also physical and uh, physical sciences, natural sciences are needed. So I think geography has a really wonderful position in the in the kind of uh, overall uh, picture of sciences that. We, we integrate different knowledges from the social sciences, yeah. from, from physical sciences, but also this kind of spatial type of thinking. And everything is location-based today. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we yeah. really need to understand also not social processes, not about physical processes, but also how they evolve in concrete places. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and that's, I think, a very, uh, very interesting uh, uh, topic to study and, and research. All right. OK, cool. Um, Right, so you know we have this uh, uh, master's course, you know, geoinformatics for urbanized society. So for for students who are currently studying in that course, but also maybe for future aspirants, um, what advice would you give these students, uh, sort of, you know, on their way? Like I don't know, like a, like a short type of advice, something to for them as a as a thing to go with. Uh, just a few sentences. What would you advise them? I think the main advice would be that, of course, uh, all students should kind of adapt to this technology-changed world okay. to master well all sorts of new data sets, uh, to understand them, to master good, uh, to have good skills to master the data. Uh, 
and especially this georeference data, because as I said, everything is location-based today. But in this huge world of data, it's also very important to have a bigger sight of what's going on. And that's mm -hmm. why I also suggest that uh, a pen and paper should always be at hand as well, <laughs> just to, to think what, what are you really doing and then what are the big problems you want to solve yeah. uh, before you, you dig into these big data sets so that you don't get lost there. That's good. Wow, that's that is um, exactly. Uh, maybe have it also lying on the on the you know, on the night table, yeah. like when you wake up and you have an idea, just write it down. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Hey, thank you so much, Teed. <laughs>